Cameron, I don't want to wait. I don't want to dance around the whole idea. Let's talk about subscription services right off the bat. Here's my question for you. Mm. How often do you sign up for a free trial of a subscription service and you cancel it instantly as you sign up? I never do. I never sign up for free things. So I do the free trials all the time. Mm. I, I always take the seven days, 14 days, one month free. Okay. Or the $1, right? Yeah. That's what I did with Xbox Game Pass. And I sign up for these services. And the second I sign up, I go straight to the web page because they never, ever let you cancel it from the device you're on. Have no, you noticed yeah. that? Yeah, it's true. It is one of the most frustrating it's things. Tr- it's true. Granted, Xbox One has updated so you can, which mm. is a really great feature. You can just go into your settings. It's like you have to verify it's really you to cancel yeah. this whole process. But I always take the five, 10 minutes it takes to make sure my subscription does not renew itself. <laughs> Because I am so frustrated with the idea of a subscription service. It's because of that. It's because of that gym that screwed you. <laughs> that's that's the tr- dude. The gym. The gym is the same thing as Disney Plus. Mm, okay, yeah, that's true. You know, except probably better for you. But I don't know. Well, I mean, come on. Have you one is <laughs> one is like helping you move and and, <laughs> and you know. I don't know. Have you seen that meme? The whole like Disney Plus and thrust. Who knows? Maybe some people are losing weight. All right. Well, <laughs> anyways, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Everything Comes From Something. This is episode 70. My name is Isaac Ransom. I'm Cameron Tall. And today we are talking about streaming services, sort of the idea behind it all, uh, talking about with the recent release of Disney Plus, how it's all going and what's going on with all that. If you enjoy the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS podcast. Throw a couple bucks our way. Get an exclusive episode at the $5 tier and you can ask a question on the show for the $2 tier, but none of our patrons do that. And so <laughs> because of that, we're going to have to read a live question from good old homeless Tim Smith. His his constant appearance on this show is, is draining my life force, Cameron. <laughs> okay, let's see. Here's yeah. the question for the air. What do you think about conspiracy theories and their theorists? This is a broad one, Tim. Well, it depends. Uh, I mean, some cons- some conspiracies actually happen. So, I mean, it, re- it depends. It we don't depends. really know, right? How long does it take for the United States government to release classified documents? Is it 50, 100 I think it's years? Like six, I think it's like 70 or 80 years. Yeah. It's, but, but they can do it earlier. But there's like a an automatic process where it goes, it, it just like, it doesn't renew. You know what I mean? Like really, the, the confidentiality doesn't renew. I really hope that those laws stay in place forever, because that is like a fascinating well, uh, they, check and balance for our government. Mm, yeah. Well, they um, they released a bunch of documents about the JFK assassination. I don't know. I, nothing ever came out of that. That's because no one Trump, read any? Trump did that. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to declassify the JFK. I guess, Cameron, you know what your homework is supposed to be. I think it was, I, I'm serious. I, it was just a communist. Like it wasn't. It, I don't think it was the mob. Unfortunately, oh, come on. the mob. Unfortunately, the mob paid off the government to rewrite it. Obviously, I, I, here's the thing. I was I was full on the mob theory, right? And then you learn a little bit mo- more about about the shooter, and you're like, all right. He he spent like 15 years in in the Soviet Union. He was like He's he was like flo- floating around like like different communist territories. He was obviously radicalized. By, by the Soviets. So, it, it be, come on. Come on. What about all the extra shots from the footage, Cameron? Try to shoot I don't know. 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 And aiming a shot with that. I don't think there was a what second shooter. What about the grassy knoll, Cameron? Ugh, no, there was no grassy. No, none of that. No, it's all nonsense. So, um, but, uh, but let's get back to the question. As yeah. far as Tim wants to know, what do you think of conspiracy theories? Are there any that compel you? How about that? Are there any that compel me? Yeah. 
JFK would be the closest one of like, yeah, I like, I, I like kind of where that's going. I like the mob angle of of the JFK assassination. What about the moon landing? No, no, no. I never believed in. I talked to this guy who was friends with an astronaut, and the astronaut doesn't believe in the first moon landing. What? Yeah. What? He's he know he has met the guys who have la- landed on the moon first. He said, like, "I don't believe it." Buzz Aldrin and, and yeah, apparently yeah. they're raging alcoholics. Wow. Well, I mean, come on. Um, but this no, guy, no. Here's no. the problem. No, no. Here's no, the problem. No. I'm talking to someone that I know that I trust and I like, and he come tells on. me, "Well, I know this astronaut. Come on, come on. No name, right? I don't know who this astronaut is. I'm just telling you, this is the gossip on the street with this guy, right?" And he says, yeah, like, as an astronaut, my astronaut friend told me, he's been up there. He said to me, I don't see it ever happening at that time frame, because I know what it's like to be up there. There's no way the tech could hold it together. That's kind of a crazy thing. I don't know, and I know I've said this on air, all right? I don't know if it's more interesting if it's true or not. Do you know mm, what I mean? Yeah. Either way, I'm still loving it. Because well, I of the like, whole space race. And I like the idea that. that we would fake it. I mean, I think probably eventually we would have faked it. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, when was we the moon landing? We would have got 1969, correct? So, okay, let me check. Let me just cross check that really fast. My question is... Or is it 63? No, it's 69. 59. No. Just no, kidding. It's not. 69. <laughs> You're yeah, right. I, yeah. Um, that was a different... That's uh, Soviet Union Luna 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 59. Um, I, You know, I, I don't know. I'm like... The other thing is like several people did die in the process so were they kind of like i don't know i'm gonna we're, we're gonna stop we're gonna stop this and we're we're just gonna fake it <laughs> we'll get kubrick in here <laughs> and um and fake it i mean i don't the thing is i don't know that the footage would have been able to be faked yeah i don't know i i don't i don't think it would have because of the lighting technology that they had at and the, time. the other thing is is if you look at the footage then and you look at the footage now like we've definitely been on the moon now, right? And yeah. The, and the yeah, footage, sure. I think, they did a great job faking it. If they did, like, how did they even know that was what it looked like, right? Yeah, it's it's a weird one. I'm I'm not I'm not in the the we faked it camp. I think we would have though. I'm I'm definitely in the the CIA has done some really weird shady stuff camp. You know what I mean? Like the the CIA is responsible for the most conspiracy theories that 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 you could ever have. I mean, seriously, it's like it's it's do you know about like the CIA like infiltrating governments and like overthrowing people and stuff? Like that's no. just what they do. That yeah, that's I'd, like sure. Yeah. Sure. I I don't doubt there's any validity in that. I think as far as Tim's question goes for conspiracy theories, I think Cameron and I are mostly entertained by them. Yeah, and I'm sure one day Cameron will be in one. So now there, there is there is a serious conspiracy theory that, What's that that is being currently revealed to us as we speak. That there is a cabal of very wealthy uh, pedophiles that are pulling pulling the strings in a certain way. <laughs> well, that is miserable news. Yeah, you're talking about the uh, Ebsen stuff. Yeah. I don't. I haven't read too much about it, but well, well we can he, save that for another was, show. I think he was deeply connected with lots of high-profile people, and some of whom, if I say, we could probably get our show canceled. Really? Do you think that many people are listening to this? No, no. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm sure Ebsen had connections with Mickey Mouse, which leads us right into our <laughs> streaming service conversation. <laughs> As I already said, this is everything comes from something. If you want to hear us talk about more nonsense, I already pitched it. You know where to go. 
Uh, if you don't have a few dollars to give our way, we also want to let you know, telling a friend about the show, friends and family, leaving a rating on iTunes, it helps the show a lot. So do that if you can. If not, we appreciate you either way giving it a listen. Cameron, yeah. let's get into the topic today. Besides getting totally off track by Tim Smith, um, streaming services. We are talking about canceling them. Mm. I, I think the first question is like, what do you subscribe to right mm. now? Like, what what is your entertainment medium that you kind of rely on? Yeah. So as far as streaming services go, I subscribe to Netflix. Well, I guess I don't technically. My family does. Yeah. So I just have a family account. The so, privileged generation. Yeah, I know. Um, well, I mean, we could all use it at the same time. So mm-hmm. why, why wouldn't we? Um, uh, I I personally subscribe to Spotify. And Amazon, um, but that oh, yeah. Amazon Amazon is mostly for packages and whatnot. Yeah, Amazon. Uh, to be honest, it's all for the show. <laughs> so Amazon's weird, right? I I f- totally forgot about that. I subscribed to Prime. I stopped my renewal because the my yearly Prime renewal uh, overdrew my checking account last year. <laughs> I got really angry because it was like a hundred and sixty bucks. But the original way I signed up was it was like a student discount. Yeah, yeah. Where I got it for fifty dollars for the year. And I yeah. was like, yes, that's what I want. And then of course they get me later. Yeah. So I, mine will not be renewing until I want it to, which is probably midway through February. And I'm be like, what the heck? I don't have Prime. I'm gonna buy it right away. Uh, well, the and the other the the weird thing about Amazon is they don't have. I mean, they've got they they have a weirdly big selection of movies, but I don't. I never go. On, yeah, nobody ever Prime. uses Prime Video. No, it's not. It's just not. I don't know. It's not a thing. I but th- I see a lot of Amazon originals in theaters. Actually, yeah. Um, apparently, the Man in the High Castle, which is an Amazon yeah original. Um, apparently that's amazing. So I don't know. I'm I'm I I'm at a loss for words with Amazon. They're they're always gonna stay there though. I mean, um, the value is is. I wonder if they really just good. don't realize like they're like okay we just need to incentivize pe- more people to buy Prime and I know I think we've talked about this on the show but like the cost benefit of actually keeping up a streaming service is it really incentivizing customers to hold on to their Prime membership I don't I don't know I feel like most people would be like I just want the packages yeah and I'm sure there's flaws in doing a multi tier system yeah, for them yeah. but I I wouldn't I wouldn't I would just. If I were them, I would just leave it exactly how they it give is you because music? it's so. They, yeah, exactly. They give you music. They give you movies, and all of that TV? was just added like separately. Like I think Kindle is the only one you could buy a Kindle Unlimited subscription. That's the With only it. one that's not bundled in. Um, and if you own any of their ecosystem Alexa stuff, it's like you need Prime because then Alexa is just unlocked. Mm. You just the worst thing about it is if you don't have a Prime account and you try to play a song. It's like, well, you, you get a 30-second preview, you know? Like, <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. Um, you can't connect through, like, Spotify or anything? Through I, Alexa? It, it plays through Amazon Music. Hmm. Yeah. And you just say, hey, play this song, you know? And then you have to make an Amazon playlist music. I mean, maybe that's how they get people in the door. Yeah, maybe. So they can make a, a uh, Amazon Music playlist. As I don't far, know. It, I, I, never, I never use Alexa, so. As far as my streaming services, I'm with you. I, I use Spotify, Amazon... I don't have a Netflix account because the family used it. I tried HBO for a little bit, um, but that was one of those... I think I did a two-week trial, and I didn't want to renew it. It just wasn't worth it for me. Yeah. Um, that's also because I just don't watch a lot of TV, I think. Yeah, me neither. But so I, my family still has cable, weirdly, which is... Yeah. 
I don't, we're we're like one of the 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 few who who still have cable, and we have they just like randomly upgrade us every now and then. Um, so we'll get like we'll get all the premium channels. Um, I think because my my stepdad really likes to argue with <laughs> with the Comcast Maybe. people, so they they just give us a deal. So um, we have HBO and Showtime and Stars. So it's just sad. Sometimes nice. you know what I notice as I get older, some adults that go on the phone and just completely disregard <laughs> the humanity of the person on the other side of the phone <laughs> to get what they want, and get what they want. Oh yeah, you I, know what yeah, I mean. It's true. Like it's just vicious, dude. <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think it's. I like heard that. an adult the other day have an issue where the, um, their check was ripped up in an ATM. Mm. It's like, you know, it's like a mistake, right? But this person called the bank and was like, you listen to me here. You're going to make this right. What are you going to do for me right now? You got it. And and the, obviously the person on the other phone's like, yeah, like, okay, like I'm trying. And I hear this person was like, um, you know, like, no, I need a guarantee. Like, what's your name? Like, this is Go, this check is going through. I mean, no yeah, what. He, he was probably freaked out because yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, right? <laughs> but I was check. like, dang, like I don't think I could ever grill someone that hard, mm. like on the phone. And well, I just, the other thing is, I, I actually, I, I kind of understand that, right? Because you're, you're insuring your own, you're trusting your money with these people, yeah, you yeah, know. And yeah. so if it was just like you, they just like. Oof, poof it's gone you know you're right. like you're like no no absolutely not <laughs> that's not happening yeah. you know what i mean i had an issue where i know i've talked about this before i had a complete freak out when all was dropped from all my classes oh, uh, a yeah. couple semesters ago and it was like i tried to just grill the like i called three different people and they couldn't help me at all no matter what <laughs> and i was like this is just so-. like forget it like I, i'm putting <laughs> so much effort into this like i'm just gonna give up you know and yeah so Nevertheless, there's always a phone call involved with this streaming service stuff. Oh uh, no, I, actually never, never. Uh, I, that was that was like cable. That was always the problem. The cable days. The cable. Now days. you can't get a hold of anyone. You never had cable, right? No, my family just was like, yeah, it's not a good deal. Yeah, I now, mean, fair enough. Now my family has a Roku. I've never used it. I have no idea <laughs> what is that. I don't know what that is. Um, Netflix is primarily the way that my family streams stuff. I don't pay for it. I don't even know if I'm going to get it when I get older because I just. I have, someone else always has it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. If I end up with my current girlfriend, she's just going to use her family's account. That's going to be on <laughs> our TV in the future. Like, I, I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to pay for it. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people feel that way with Netflix because they're on this family plan. Right? And it's also like ubiquitous too. Yeah. It's just like so ubiquitous. Uh, I think Spotify started to do the um, family plan where it's like five more bucks a month, but you can do like five users i think huh. five different users all having um premium. i know that, i know that some business accounts are doing that the church i work at we have a uh, business like multi-user account so yeah yeah exactly whatever i don't know what that's about as far as actual subscriptions go i'm really committed i play a lot of video games i'm a huge nerd so uh my playstation plus subscription that. Yeah. is it's like always a no-brainer uh, even though some of the games are garbage each month, it's like I always play online. So and, yeah. and truly, like the offerings are usually pretty solid. A lot of the games they've lo- been lacking in the. I mean, really, this month is pretty good, dude. What is it? Dead by Daylight and no, they gave away Neo and Outlast Two, which oh, is a yes, pretty good yes. lineup. Yeah, um, yeah. I want I want to play Neo. I could have downloaded it. Yeah. That's the thing, though. I feel like all the games I get on that service, I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta try that sometime. Yeah, and I just never do. And the other thing that happens to me is they'll give away a game that I already own on disc. Mm. So then I just sell the disc, 
and uh, I'll download it digitally. That's nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, the other thing that I I would never. Um, oh, oh, but one one more thing about that. This yeah. is what drives me nuts. You put the disc in, and it downloads the whole game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then they give it away free on PlayStation Plus, so I own a digital receipt that I own that game. Right. Why can I not just start the game without the disc? Mm. You can't. No. It yeah. doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's fresh. So then you have to delete the disc download version of it and, and then reinstall download. the digital version. It's like, come on. Yeah. Come on, man. That 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 needs to be ironed out. I yeah. feel I feel like in the future. Once we once we move to a more um uh a more online ubiquitous um standard, right, in the next generation. I think some of those problems should be really need to be ironed out. Yeah. So I, I got especially like here's here's what I don't understand. Right. It used to be the fact that you you put in the disc and your PS2 or whatever it just like wouldn't play even in the PS3 era. It, it you know PS2 wouldn't boot up without a disc. Right. And then you put in a disc. It would read the disc from the disc, and then you could play you know play off that. But now what you have to do is you have to insert the disc. It downloads the entire thing to your console. Right, right. And then you can't just play it from the console, right? It's not like all of all of everything's downloaded. Everything is there, but you have to insert the disc again. And it's not reading off the disc, it's reading off of your hard drive. So just, you're, it's a waste of hard drive space and you st- you still have to put it in the disc. We're definitely on a tangent for sure. <laughs> um, but Sorry. this is what this is what's fascinating me is I picked up my PlayStation Vita um last night and i was like dude i haven't played this thing in forever um i had the metal gear solid hd trilogy or something that i wanted to play through that on that and i ended up popping in the cartridge there's no update you just play the game yeah and i was like holy crap i miss this (laughs) right i miss this so much and the games are small enough on the vita that it's like they download super quick i think i installed like six games in 20 minutes last night i was like sweet i forgot i owned all these and I'm just like, man, I miss the physical thing just like working right away. Yeah. I, I don't know I don't know what it was. It was something and and it kind of just brought up this idea for sort of the whole topic of this podcast, which is this um battle for the user to actually own something. Mm. Um sort of the idea that I was thinking about is there's this streaming service called Voodoo that I use, which is a rental service. Um, you can rent movies and buy them on there and you don't need an Apple TV. It's it's just, it works with a lot of different um, interfaces, I mm. guess is probably the best way to put it. And so I've bought a couple films on there digitally and I'm starting to think about it. I'm like, well, what happens if I just, you know, Voodoo goes under? What happens to my license that I bought for that? It's, it's just gone, gone yeah. you know? Like I don't own it at all. But forever I will own spider-man web of shadows on xbox 360 you know (laughs) like no one can take that away from me right right right. and i was just fascinated popping in these vita games because it's like wow like i i own this forever Mm. even if the vita servers go down Mm. you know and i'll never be able to download anything off the stores which is gonna happen yeah i'm just warning you if you're a vita lover right well the psp is still going right the servers oh yeah i don't know actually i think so 
Yeah, that was my other question. What I kind of I'm interested in getting some PSP games for my Vita. Mm, That's been yeah. kind of fun. Ba- the uh, Battlefront PSP one. I have it. Yeah, I have it. It's great. It's good. Isn't I it? really like Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. Yeah, on Vita, cool. it is excellent. Did I, you play MGS Five? Yes, it is MGS Five. That's awesome. It's before. Yeah, I mean it's not open world, but it's like very very similar, like right, a right, small right. level based portable version of that. That's cool. Um. Yeah, really, I really recommend it. This is this is just a long... I mean, it all links back together, right? Kind of what I'm saying is like, where is the ownership? What is the benefit of a streaming service? And if we fully convert to streaming, what are we going to lose, right? That's kind of the idea. I have several ideas about that. Go ahead. Um, so, streaming um, has become a sort of ubiquitous service because of convenience right the the consumer wants um instant access uh, near instant access to um whatever the latest and greatest shows and movies and tv are you know um and the instant access and watch it anytime you want and blah 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 that convenience factor is um really the value that these services are selling right um what you what you trade off it, with with the convenience factor is um, first of all what you were talking about ownership things can move things can go away different streaming services have different time periods that they um, acquire movies for now with Disney Plus you know we're gonna see all Disney movies um, fly away from from Netflix in the next year yeah. basically I mean some still need to run out their contracts but um, yeah in the, in, the, in the next year and so um yeah, so so the the so yeah, ownership and the changing of libraries, you really don't know um what's going to be on the streaming service. And then also quality. Um the quality because you have to compress is never going to be as good as a Blu-ray, right? Blu-ray is still the sort of or 4K Blu-ray Blu-ray is like the stand the standout excellent quality basically. It's the highest you can get consumer level. Um, and so that's what about, why. What about the next level? Don't they have like an 8K, like super yeah, UHD but something? It's I, I no, I don't think they have 8K on um for for Blu-rays. They just re- I mean they really recently um uh rolled out 4K. So um, but I mean there are so many basically no almost very little movies, very few movies. Um, come out in 4K Blu-ray. It, it's it's pretty rare. Yeah, um, right. Because 4K Ultra HD is like the, and it's the top doing, tier. Yeah, yeah, like thirty dollars. Yeah, film. But I I actually enjoy collecting Blu-rays, physical Blu-rays. Um, I don't have a 4K Blu-ray player, but um, I like having Blu-rays of movies because I know, especially ones that I want to come back to, that I really care about, or that I, um. I don't know that I that I like don't want to see leave a platform. You know what I mean? Even if it's on, even even if it's something that's on like a streaming service, I I Dude, want to have the physical disc. I didn't realize this. The Xbox One S plays 4K games or uh, 4K uh, Blu-rays. Yeah, Blu-ray. It does. Interesting. Yeah, I'd like to. You know what, Cameron? I'd like to see if I can see a difference. Like test that for for a 4K Blu-ray. Yeah. Or just a normal. What's a Blu-ray? great 4K Blu-ray? 4K. You have a 4K TV, right? Yeah, yeah. 
4K movie, like, it's not a great 4K TV. The refresh rate is bad. Like, I've been playing Call of Duty on it. The input latency is just really awful. Even in game mode. Don't even talk to me about game mode. Uh, I'm trying. What, what, what? brand is it is it like a vizio or whatever? yeah yeah i think i have a vizio 4k tv too it's great value um oh yeah i mean it was we we didn't buy it but when um kurtz bought it he said it was like 300 bucks yep yeah i mean that's like that's totally worth it but what's a great movie that will look great um on 4k um what do you think anything by um mission impossible fallout no 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 dude no. that movie was so good i didn't care for it are you, are you oh my gosh I, oh yeah john wick that's what i want to see <laughs> John Wick. Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah, that's a better call. Yeah. Much better. Uh, Mad Max. See if they have the uh, black and white edition, too. Why? Because they they, they have um, two versions, and they remastered it in in black and white, and they totally recolored it. Um, so, yeah, awesome. the, the black and white with the regular is 25 bucks. Yeah. It's probably worth it. Probably, To yeah. give it a shot. I mean, that's, a, that's a, such a good movie. I, do I have that on Blu-ray? I think I need it. I would like that. That would be fun, I think, to watch. It's, oh, this is just Blu-ray, not Ultra 4K. Yeah. I, I think it's worth it with the Ultra 4K. I don't care about black and white, Cameron. All right, whatever. I don't care about the black and white recoloring. Are you kidding me? I want to <laughs> see. How can you want to take away the color of that movie? The colors are so well, vibrant. Well, it's just an interesting... It's a it's a new viewing experience. You know what I mean? Sure. It's like um, Logan Noir. Yeah. They, they put out a black and white version of that movie. Yeah, I'll have to get the. I'm gonna get the Ultra HD version. Cool, it, and then try and it then out. see see try it out. Because we're talking about ownership, right? And, right. and but I think you're right. You're you're talking about what consumers want, which is convenience. You get home from a long day at work. You don't want to fumble around and figure out how you're gonna get a Ultra 4K copy of the latest movie you want to watch. You just want to sit down and watch it, right. right? So I think that 4K or any sort of streaming, right? Streaming is valuable to people. Because of the convenience, right? And this is this is why streaming was such a um, a clear it, it was such a clear path from from a rental service, right? You came from Blockbuster, you had to drive fifteen minutes away. Did you did you uh, you use Blockbuster back, yeah. back then? Yeah, yeah. Remember, um, you know, you drive down Blossom Hill uh, to to Blockbuster, you pick out your three movies for the week or whatever. Um, and your mom says, no, you can't watch that one. And then, and then you take, you know, you, so you, you take them home. If you, if you're late, you forget them. And then you, you, you're paying like $16 extra or whatever. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just like, it's a mess. Yeah. You know? It's a mess. Definitely. But, but it was, it was amazing at the time because they had such good selection. They had such good, um, you know, they, they had good prices too. And, and it was just like. That was what you wanted to do. You wanted to rent yeah. a new movie, you know, and and so when Netflix first came out, I don't know if you remember this either, but they had the DVD. Yeah, no, of course so they send you the, the deliveries. DVDs. Yeah. yeah, and that was how they got people hooked. It was because oh, it's so much easier. They just send it to me. Right. And and there's no late fees. There's no return fees. Blah blah blah. They just send it to me, and then I send it back. Whatever. Yeah. And then GameFly came around. All that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. So here's where I think. The video game industry has an upper hand with the streaming uh, situation. And you can look at Google Stadia right now. We did an episode on Google Stadia. Their launch is a total mess. I don't know if you've been looking at this at all. They are launching with a crap ton of feature issues. One of really? one of them being, you know, the idea of the Chromecast. This game service is supposed to work with the Chromecast right out of the gate. Yeah. The newest Chromecast. 
they launched the console and said it will only work with the Chromecast that comes with the Founder Edition. Ooh. The Chromecast that you own already, that one, like if you're just buying the controller to work with the Chromecast, no, 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 no. That's not going to work yet. That's going to come down the line. Where? How hard is that? You know, like just. Well, apparently. I mean, apparently it, it's hard. Right? But the old Chromecasts were not made with this in mind obviously i just you it, know so i mean you can read up on the issues of stadia the fact that there's 10 games at launch all 10 games that you've already played before what there's like one console exclusive made by an in- internal studio like this That's streaming service yeah it's not good mm. all the cool features they talked about from the launch that we covered yeah. in our stadia episode they basically said those are coming later so mm. it's a it's a beta, but they're launching it as a co- a soft launch of a founder's edition. It's like right. that streaming service is not going to work. The game services that are working now are the fake ownership situations yes, for gamers. Exactly. Where it's like you buy Xbox Games Pass, you download the game, it runs right away. You still have to download it. And I think the future of these streaming services is going to be you playing the game while it's downloading somehow. Or not needing to download at all. I mean, once we get past the latency and bandwidth issues, which... I don't think that's uh, coming anytime soon, to be honest. I, I don't know, because I... Um, you, you were there. We were... we were. I, I showed you the NVIDIA... Um, shadow. Whatever. Yeah, the Shadow Play or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whatever that was. And, and that's a really interesting concept, because I think that's kind of where... I mean, it's going to be like in theory, Netflix, but for, for games, you know? And that's kind of what Games Pass is already, actually. Yeah, I know. So, if you don't know, for video games, it's like, the streaming services is Netflix, right? Picture something like that. At least it's out on Xbox and PlayStation now. Nintendo services, it's a joke. It's $20 a month. They give you access to classic NES games and, and SNES games, which is fantastic. It's worth $20 a year, right? Because then you get to play online, and then you get to play all these retro games. I love Super Mario Bros. 3. It's worth it for me, right? Wait, it's 20 bucks a month? A year. Oh. That's oh. stupid cheap. They know no yeah. one wants it, right? So yeah. that's why they're doing it. Wait, why? People people do want those old games, though. Yeah, but not for $20 a month. They basically just give you this app that lets you play the classic games just right there, you know? So, I don't know. Sorry, I'm confused. Is it, it $20 a month or $20, $20 a, year? a year? Yeah. $20 a year. Yeah. It's uh, $5 a month mm. and like $12 for three months. So it doesn't make right, any right, sense right. not to buy the $20 sure, a year one. Yeah. So you buy it for $20 a year. It gives you access to play games online mm-hmm. unless it's a third-party game that has an online service like Fortnite. Fortnite lets you play free-to-play without right, an online right. subscription. Same so, same with on PlayStation. Right. Yeah. So you can play Nintendo games online. For Smash Bros, that's huge, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like... People love to play Smash Bros. Even though the Nintendo internet experience is garbo. So I don't really understand that. But um, I got the service because my little cousin has a Switch. He's like, let's play Smash Bros. online. And I bought it right then to play with him. And he said, I got to go to bed. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> I don't know why I bought that. Um, yeah, so yeah, like it, uh, they're, they're giving their But they stream NES and SNES classics. I don't think it's streamed. Oh, do you download it? You can download them. Well, I think you start the game, it downloads it in half a second. Those games are microscopic, Right, dude. sure, yeah. So, yeah. I'm but it, sure da- it downloads. Some sort of cache right, system right, right. or something like that. I haven't tried it yet, so I can't I can't really speak to oh, it. Oh, dude, play Mario 3. I know. I, well, I have an NES. I have like an original NES. So, sure, yeah. And it's modded. My brother bought me a modded NES that has an HDMI port on the back. That's awesome. It's pretty dope, That's actually. That's awesome. Yeah. Does it actually like interpolate well, though? Uh, Actually, wait. Maybe it's not HDMI. 
maybe it's RVC the three. I don't know. We'll have to go check it out. It's modernized though, because apparently yeah. the old one is an S video connection, yes. which doesn't yes. exist anymore, or something like that. Well, it doesn't exist in modern TVs, all but, I know it, but it's that, actually still used in in the film industry. Okay, all I'm saying is that it's modern HDS and it works. Video. We're totally off topic. What yeah. I'm saying is, if you're not a gamer, these Game Pass services are like Netflix, except the second you click on a game, it downloads it. This hmm. is like a sixty to one hundred gig download, so, so it, takes it takes a while. A while. Yeah. So what I'd say is, like, if you have a Games Pass subscription, what I end up doing. Right, whether I'm playing PlayStation Plus or um, which I don't have, I have to say that I don't have PlayStation, PlayStation now. PlayStation now, I have Xbox Games Pass. I'll usually like in the morning, I'll be like, "Well, tonight I got time to play games. Let me look through the list. I'll find you know two, three games. I'm like, I'm just gonna try these tonight. I delete some stuff on my console, download those ones, boom, ready to go. Uh, so when I get home, it's like, sweet, I got three new games I can try, and if I like them, I you know it's cool. They actually Microsoft actually came out recently and said Xbox Games Pass has statistically proven or something like that that it engages players more. Players try new things that they never used to mm. try and now it pushes people who have Games Pass to buy more games on Xbox. Hmm. Which weird. is weird. Really I don't weird. know if I believe that last one. I don't know. That's what they said at a business thing. I definitely Well, well, okay. So when you have Games Pass, it gives you a discount on games. That you that you buy with with Xbox, maybe that, uh, that's, I, that's what I saw. Ultimate, if you have oh, gold, whatever, then you're yeah. gonna have access to gold sales. So I'm assuming what's gonna happen. Well, I think the reason they said these these statistics is that players will play an indie game like Celeste. Mm-hmm. Wow, I never thought I'd like a 2D side scrolling game. I only play Call of Duty. <laughs> And then they're going to say, you know what? This isn't that bad. It brings me back to playing these old Mario games I used to play. I wonder if there's any other games like this. And suddenly, now people are saying, oh, you you, you like Celeste? Well, mm. you should really try Shovel Knight. Or you should really, really try Rogue Legacy or Spelunky. These ones are great. You've missed out. And yeah. so now they go out and buy these discounted games for six, seven bucks, right? On the store. Boom. Suddenly, hmm. you know, they're more engaged in an ecosystem. And it's like, it's really working for Microsoft. I, I bet. I mean, they're really pushing it hard. Yeah, I think <laughs> they, that, they the dropped last it deal? for a dollar a month, which is insane. A dollar a month for three months. I mean, come on. How can you say no? They're just locking you in, man. Yeah. I actually canceled my subscription to it because I haven't been playing Xbox. I just, I'm, I played the new Call of Duty and I got stuff on PC. So I did the $2 a month for two months um, when you start it. Yeah. And now I'm just kind of like, I'll wait till December when I'm out of school to start that subscription yeah, yeah. Again, so well and i was thinking like i just did the the pc ex- like, version it's in beta right now but um i just did the pc version and after that it's only 4.99 a month so like i'm kind of just like well i don't know yeah if, it, if it's a good value i mean may as well you know it definitely lets you explore some stuff and i think that's why people also like you know netflix and and these other things you can find a lot of th- different movies to and talk about and almost be relevant in a conversation. And you're as not well. out, you know, thirty bucks. Yeah. When you, you know, if if you, you know, bought a movie and didn't like it, or sixty bucks if you bought a game and didn't like it. You I know? think the issue with these streaming services is they just start stacking up. You you really don't yeah, need them all, do. right? I'm looking at some of these game ones because as as someone who plays games, it's like. Well, I like I don't even Xbox Games Pass is definitely the best deal. I cancel my subscription to that. You know, it's like I don't mm. need it right now for this time in my life. They're kind of banking on a more clueless consumer, right? Mm. But there's these streaming services that make no sense, like Ubisoft streaming service. What? I'm sorry, like fifteen dollars a month for streaming only on PC certain games, Origin access and EA access on consoles. 
you know, I love those EA games. Got to pay, pay for a monthly subscription. You know, like I, I don't know. Some of these subsur- uh, services, like they don't seem viable. And even mm. EA has just announced they're putting their games back on Steam because yeah. no one cares about Origin. You know, like nobody wants to launch their games through Origin. I bought Battlefield Four. If it was on Steam, I would almost probably play it more. Right? You know? right like right. I just well, want it the, on Steam. The servers are totally like blitzed at this point so whatever yeah whatever you know empty empty but it's just it's interesting right i think the game streaming service uh is more innovative and pushing because the medium is so much more demanding in terms of bandwidth Mm. right and it's just interesting to see how they're approaching that um from their angle now here's a slightly hypothetical question there seems to be a splitting... Right, Netflix was was kind of the hub for a while for movies, right? It was where you could get almost anything, you know, with with exceptions, but it was pretty much what everybody had, right? There was Hulu too, but, but for the most part, Netflix was it. Now you're seeing a branching off where you now have Apple's service, you now have Disney's service, and I think you're going to start to see, um, you know, Paramount and different big studios try to develop their own streaming service, right? Uh, In the same way that that something like EA Access or Ubisoft, you know, whatever their streaming service is. Is this just similar to, um, like, the cable channels? Isn't this basically like cable again? I think that's the fear. I I think that's what's going to end up happening is you're going to get a bundle. And it's already happening with, with Disney Plus, right? Because Disney Plus is six ninety nine a month, but you could do ESPN and Hulu and Hulu, yeah, for twelve ninety nine. Yeah, but those are all Disney owned, so or Hulu isn't owned by Disney, but it's it's large uh, share holder. This Disney. is what's interesting, right? Disney has their huge catalog. Not all of it is available on Disney Plus, but a lot of it. I think there's a lot of garbage that people are giving credit to that that isn't necessarily like a <laughs> a great thing. Um, they have. These are like random things. They have The Simpsons on there, yeah, which is which, cool. It would, oh, because it's Fox now. Because of Fox, yeah. right? They have a movie called Little Einsteins. Or wait, no, that's, that's Little, a TV show. A TV show. Uh, and then they have Ice Age, The Great Eggs uh, Scam. I guess that was Fox too. Really? I thought Ice Age was DreamWorks. I don't think it was. I am shocked by that. Uh, that's the only thing. Maybe that was just a... Um, what it, what's it called? Maybe, maybe that's like a Fox um, produced. Yeah, 20th, distributed 20th Century Fox. Wow. Yep. Not DreamWorks. Like I guess I didn't know. They also have National Geographic. So Disney is just like this powerhouse right to now. To be honest, I'm kind of thinking of getting um, of getting Disney Plus just for Nat Geo. I, I, I love Nat Geo. They're so, like, that's the thing. Their catalog is just such a, an expansive catalog. For six, they could charge much more mm. than um, six dollars a month or yeah. seven dollars. The a price month. is compelling. It's, I mean, it really is. I, I, and I think they're winning people over with it. Yeah, this is what's fascinating. In such a competitive market for streaming services, you're really going to have to differentiate your product. And I think Disney, with its brand recognition, it was a, it was a no brainer mm. for them because they have, I mean, they have a theme park based around them. Of course, Disney's going to do well in a streaming service, right? And now they're pulling strings with other distributors. Well, Paramount had Great America, so <laughs> how well is that doing for them? 
Yeah. Just owning a theme park is but they 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 are the brand kings. Right. They really are. And and, and this is something really interesting to think about as far as Disney goes. They are taking over these different brands and they're they're unifying a um, a brand identity around them, right? So Marvel has a brand identity. Star Wars has a brand identity. And all of these are contained in the Disney ecosphere. So when you think of Disney, you think of this large umbrella of everything that they, they own. Um, and, I mean, what's fascinating is they, they are... that Disney and Apple are the really the only ones who have such a brand identity. You know what I mean? So Apple has now a streaming service too. Um, it's out, right? Yes. Um, you get it for a year when you buy a new Mac product or something. Or, like you know, you pay for it, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I'm predicting now that Netflix, Disney Plus, and and the Apple streaming service, service they're going to be on top. Um and the reason why is because um, if you look to, I mean, with Disney Plus, it's obvious. It's just the catalog. It's the brand. It's it's Disney. Everybody they loves almost, Disney. Yeah. They have too much for them to not be successful. This is, yeah, this is what's fascinating about them. It's like, who is Disney competing with in the streaming service realm? Netflix. I don't even think so. Yeah, of course they are. Netflix is huge. Sure. Absolutely massive. Okay, Netflix is huge, right? You can say Disney is competing with them, but it's like, in my eyes, you look at Disney's catalog and brand, it's like, there's no other streaming service that's close. I mean, what? You think of Netflix's IP, I guess. Okay, they have Stranger Things, huge, super huge. What's next? No, they're pumping so much money into into original original shows. I mean, I they, know. So I'm asking you, oh. what is, what? so they have Stranger Things. That's their original. Well, brand. they just they just produced the Irishman um, last year. They had no one knows what you're talking about. It's Martin Scorsese's new movie. Everybody yeah. knows what I'm talking Nobody, about. Nobody, I I guarantee you, probably over half of the people listening to this podcast hear the Irishman, and I'm not trying to be an a hole, but I'm just saying. You you say the Irishman, you're like, okay. No, what I'm saying is that is a like hundred million dollar budget, Martin Scorsese movie. Like sure. that's something that that that. You know, Scorsese would have gone to Paramount or would have gone to um, whoever else. But let me whoever just, else let, to, let to me, like they are. Be, what I'm saying is they are a giant studio. Sure, that's sure. what they are at this point. But let me just tell you this: you say the Irishman. Some people might know that Martin Scorsese is connected to it. Disney's bottom of the barrel catalog. I'm going to read some of these: Freaky Friday, Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo, Pete's Dragon, Rescue or Return to from Witch Mountain. Cats from Outer Space, The Muppets Movie, and The Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again. I don't think you're selling anybody on this. I know, but listen to me. That is the bottom of the barrel catalog, and I guarantee that those titles that I just read off have more of a brand recognition than no, The Irishman. No, absolutely not. I, I guarantee I, it. I, I'm going to walk away from this table right now. I'm just telling you, Cameron, if you came up to me and said... It's, if it's you because said, of your age. It's because of your age. Cameron, you're my you're same young. age. Yes, I know, but but... Scorsese himself is a brand and has been since sure. the 80s. Sure. I'm 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 not denying that. I'm not denying that. What I'm saying is that movie would have would have brought in a like a bunch of money. This is my point at the box office. This is and my point. And we don't know we don't know how much money it's it's made or how much 
how many views it's getting because we don't have those numbers. I know. I know. I understand. This is my point, though. My point is you can say that Netflix is competing with Disney+, Plus, but Disney+, Plus's bottom-of-the-barrel catalog is still recognizable just from the titles of the films. My, This is my point. Their entire streaming service is built on like a muscular brand power recognition. Yeah, okay? of course. Yeah. Whereas Netflix is forging a path with new created content. What's yes. what's going to be interesting for me is that Disney is based in a nostalgia pitch, right? Right, exactly. Is Disney going to make exclusive TV shows just for Disney Plus? The answer is yes already. Well, yeah, they, they they're, have them. they're doing it with The Mandalorian. But even that is nostalgia based, right? right? It's still leaning on a brand recognition. So you look at something like Apple Plus, HBO Go, and Netflix, they're competing, or e- actually even Amazon, right? They're, they are becoming these, um, they're, they're creating their brand still in the moment, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. They're creating those, those um, things that people are going to look back on and say, man, you know, I think, I, honestly, what I think they're going for is they want to make the next Breaking Bad, right? They want to make these films or TV shows where it's like people are like... Well, they've consistently made TV shows that have been like within the cultural zeitgeist you know what yes I mean? yes so so it's not like they're they need to do that at this point i think they have that cachet you know i think they do i i i i see what you're saying as far as disney has a um 70 plus year history of 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 doing that right i mean it, they've been doing it since um I mean, almost forever. I think my Since po- Disneyland. Opened. My point is, is that Disney. Yes, sure, they're competing with these other streaming services. But in my mind, I see that Disney Plus as a addition to every household instantly. It's not even right. competition. Right. The price is so low. It. They're not even like fully innovating. It's a throwback. The literally their pitch is the vault is open. Right? Yeah. So it's like they're not here to compete with that rush. You know, that Netflix, HBO Go, Apple Plus, and Amazon are trying to create. Where they're basically saying... No, I think they are. I think they absolutely are. Sure. I, But I'm just telling you, like, this is my perspective on it. Yes. Okay. Yes, they're going to make new things and try to compete in that. But it's like, they don't even need to. They've already won. Yeah. They've already won over people. I agree with that. That's just... An, it's, a, it's a plus on a subscription for people. Yeah, that, that's I, the point I'm trying to get. I, at. I think I think they have so much brand recognition and such a wide catalog that they are almost instantly um, going to become, uh, you know, as big a force as something like Netflix. You know, um, what is different and what is weird and interesting, um, and I think it's something you're going to see play out um, later on down the line, is Disney. Will will not be able to put their um, their big name titles um, on Disney Plus right away, which right. Netflix does, right? Right. They they pump a, a ton of money into into movies and TV, and it's it's there. It's just open right away, you know, yeah, opening right away. Um, and they still have a small box box office run. All of their all of their films that have been produced this year um, have been. Um, I have had a small box office, which is okay. I think good. I I think that's good too. But the issue is they can't play in theaters like AMC. Um, they can't play in the big chain theaters. 
because of essentially it like AMC has a standard of you can't um, you can't be direct to 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 right. video or direct to a service. You have to go through a theatrical run first. So this is what's interesting about this is because I'm sorry that didn't make sense. What what I find fascinating, and I know I keep saying that, is that when you tell me this about Netflix, it actually seems more modern than Disney Plus. Exactly. And yeah. and 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 actually, as far as the the theatrical experience goes, I think big chain movie theaters are are will die and fade out. And I think the bougie class mm. theaters, the experience theaters, right, are yeah, the ones definitely. that are going to stick around. Already, you see major theaters trying to tap into that. We got heated seats. We got reclining seats. We got servers coming for you. We're mm-hmm. going to serve you alcohol in there, right? Like it's like this is the the trajectory of the theater experience because. You got to make it something more than just going to see a movie because now you can just do that at your house. That was always right? that was always the trajectory, though. Um, and I think what you see is is the the initial capital investment and the recurring capital investment of running a theater is actually a lot, um, and it's not covered by the price of tickets. Uh, it's just not, um, especially because they don't get <laughs> all of that that cost, right? You know, they have this licensing agreement with with the 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 production companies and so when they're showing a, th- a movie um they have to build up to a certain cost to show that movie right so when you when you go into an empty theater i mean it's packaged it's bundled those bad times are bundled in with the great times right so so they balance each other out but um when you go into an empty th- empty theater the movie theater is basically just losing a ton of money yeah. right there um so that's all subsidized by um the things that you're talking about, which is which is the experience, um, the food at the theater, the you know you're gonna go get a drink, and there the the bar prices are crazy expensive, um, you know I mean these that's the way that that these theaters are now gonna make money, and that's yeah. the same same with in the 30s, same with in the 30s and 40s, um, theaters were not doing well, and then <laughs> they started selling popcorn and started selling you know confections and um and yeah so that that's how they that's how they survived and i i don't see big theater chains um dying i i definitely think the big theater chains are gonna have to change their stance on direct um yeah to survive yeah yeah like amc has to change their policy and and i think if disney wanted to be really really ballsy in this they should have just said no it's all gonna be it's all going to be uh, accessed on, on Disney Plus day one. And if the theater chains are not willing to to show our movie, well, tough. They're going to lose out. I'm but, sure the, but Disney does not want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that the, their economic model would, would be thrown off by but, it. But they, but they would force AMC to change. I mean, <laughs> think about it. Think about it. Disney is... Disney has the top three um, highest grossing movies of the decade. Right, Avengers, uh, Endgame, uh, The Force Awakens, and um, Infinity War. I think are the top three. Mm. Um, you're gonna say that if if Disney just said, well, you know, t- tough cookies, we're not gonna show our movies in your in your theaters. You don't think AMC is gonna change their policy? Oh, they absolutely. Would, they not. would buckle right away. But yeah. I think Disney's fear is, well, if we sell this cheap service, you who's know, gonna see them? But who's who's actually gonna go? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's to be honest. I'd rather have uh, whatever Rise of Skywalker at my house party. Like, I would ra- like opening. Like, I would rather not go stand in line. I would rather sit, make a bunch of food, have a bunch of people over, and have a great time watching that movie just straight to streaming. And Disney would lose money for it mm. because now that's yeah. that's ten people in my house. I imagine if I actually. But that's through. that's going to be the way of the future. Sure, that's that's going to happen. And and I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see how the economic model shifts because it's going to have to be. I mean, right now you you see so many big box office box office movies just absolutely tank, absolutely tank. And Disney yeah. is the only one who's who's coming out on top, basically. Like they're they're the ones keeping the the blockbuster movie afloat. What was the movie that just did really well that people were a little shocked by? I'm trying to think of. Oh man, did I see it? I'm pretty sure I saw it. What is this movie I'm thinking of? Cameron? I have no idea. What are the big movies? Oh, Joker. Oh yeah, Joker did yeah. really good. I sure. guess that's a huge box office one. Yeah. But there's another movie that came out after Joker. What mm. came out recently? You should know. Uh, the Lighthouse. No, no, but I do want to see the lighthouse. It's really good. Um, I swear there was another one. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there are a couple standout m- movies and and a couple of people who are still working on on, I guess you could say the the quote unquote old model. But, um, I think it really is changing, and I think you're going to start to see, um, a a break towards favoring these these smaller um smaller movies or tv shows that are geared towards um streaming services Mm. and and i think this is this is what you were saying about the apple one was their pitch is we're going to get the highest name people you know we're going to get really really big um big filmmakers involved and um, it is what it is, you know. We're gonna we're gonna dump a ton of money, and and that'll be our business model. We're gonna, it's gonna we're gonna forge brand recognition based on, um, the talent pool that we have, which I think is very Apple. It uh, is very Apple, and and, and, and it's th- very smart. Yeah, no, I think so too. Um, yeah, who was it? Spielberg. Spielberg was on their stage talking about Apple. TV plus or whatever the frick it's called. Yeah. And, and I don't know. It is really interesting. I mean, I know, um, Kevin Spacey is a, is a, uh, unnamed person. We are not allowed to talk about him, but back when, um, house of cards, um, first came out, he was really the, the one on forging that argument of like, yeah, look guys, like, Movies are changing. Movies are are gonna go in a different direction, and we have to be prepared for it to come directly to to you know streaming services. And if you have, um, if and we need to get involved in these in these productions because they're they're serious, they're a serious bit. You know, they really are. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited to see how it changes, but I'm also skeptical because I think you're going to see all these tiny, you know, the, the Paramount, whatever, the whatever else. I think they're we, all going to die. They're all going to die. I think it's not going to work. I think we are in an interesting spot, Cameron, because we see the this industry and more. I, I feel like we're more involved 
than than most, right? Yeah. I mean, just the fact that I openly admitted that I'm adamant about canceling my subscriptions while I <laughs> sign up for the free trials. I mean, you can call me like, hey, listen, I'm a bro college kid. I don't know what to tell you, all right? That, that's the reason I do it. That's the truth. Um, but I feel like there's still going to be a space for you and I to own those weird little movies we love so much, you know? Yeah, I And I so. think the indie scene is going to get more and more traction because of sort of the death of these like mega movies. Yeah. So the last thing, how, what, what time are we on? Uh, we're at uh, 56 minutes. So okay. we got some time. Yeah. So, so I want to say, I think the, the last and maybe the scariest thing about this, um, new digital era, it's all entertainment at the end of the day, but still, no, 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 no. Um, that's not even what I'm concerned about. I mean, Disney is a, they're a monolith and I have thoughts about them as, as a company at this point, but, um, they, the, the, the thing that really, really scares me is preservation. Um, Mm. and it's, it doesn't exist in the digital era, right? You think about something like, um, PT is the best example of it. Yeah, totally. I, I own a PS4 that has P- PT on it. Hey, I actually got to ask you, is there some way you can put that onto a USB stick? Yeah, I have it on a USB stick. Because I own it. If I put it on my PS4, like, could I play it? No, so it's it's connected to all of the data on my PS4. So I have my I have my PS4 backed up, base PS4, nothing, right. no no files except for PT. <laughs> right. So so you would have to upload my pro, my PS4 profile to play it. Well, my do question, you not have it? No, I own it, but I deleted it. No, it's gone. Really? There's no way. I am actually really curious. Oh, this is what I want to try with you. Okay, mm-hmm. and I could be wrong, but if there was a way to copy the game files onto a hard drive, plug that hard drive into my PS4, why wouldn't I be able to play that? Yeah, I don't know. That's like kind of my 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 thing. Mm. Maybe. Maybe I've got work. it. I think I have it here. Well we'll try it. We'll try it after this. All right. But I totally hear you. And this is what this is what scares me about this these digital mediums that are just gonna be forgotten. I, I think indie games are the scariest uh like ideas because one day they're just going to be forgotten and thrown away. I mean, like I love Spelunky. There's no physical copy. Yeah, yeah. But I Spelunky think, is is a big enough title that it's it's not like it's going to be deleted off of. Yeah, but here's the a, store okay. Here's a better example. Spider-Man: Web of Shadows. I brought up. Earlier. <laughs> um, it's a Xbox 360, PS3 game. Mm-hmm. Very rare, actually. A lot of people can't find it. If you do find a copy of it. Uh, it will go for over 30 bucks, which is stupid for an old Spider-Man game. Yeah. Okay. Like that's a very high price for one of those generation games. And that's just going to go up in value over time. Here is why this game is important. It was developed by Treyarch and it was, um, it's just known for it's like traversal. The mm. game is good, but it's not great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's well known. And now that there's Spider-Man PS4, I mean, there's no reason to own this game, but before Spider-Man PS4 came out, I was like really excited for that game. I was like, I want to play a Spider-Man game. What's the best one? I did a bunch of research. That was the one I found. And I had to hunt for a copy. Like I went to seven game stops or something like that looking for this game. And eventually I found one in this ratchet downtown area, literally like sealed new practically. Mm. I got this copy. I paid like 30, over $30 for it, which makes no sense. (laughs) Even owning it, like, 
Xbox 360 has this backwards compatibility thing. I don't remember. I think I got it on Xbox 360, not PS3. I can't play that game on Xbox 360. It doesn't support backwards compatibility, right? And for me, it's like, this game will never be remembered. You mean Xbox One? Yeah, or I can't play it on Xbox One because um, of the compatibility issue. I was like, this game, you know, it's not the end of the world if people forget about this game, right? (laughs) But at the same time, it's like... It is, though. It is a little bit. There's a huge licensing issue, right? They can't re-release this Mm. game. They can't... Because... Because um, of the, the Marvel, no, oh, it was like the Marvel of, oh. brand was attached to Activision, but now Square Enix is developing a Marvel game, right? And Marvel was also thrown around at Sony. Spider Man is with Sony, right? So uh, Microsoft can't republish a, a right. Sony-owned IP now. There's all these issues, and it's like I own this disc that forever holds like almost value because you can't access it anywhere else, mm. right? And I don't know. The, the game's probably not going to be worth anything in the future, right? But every time I sell a game, this happens to me, Cameron. It's ridiculous. Like, retro games, they they just hold value somehow. I don't know mm. why. Because you can't get some of these um, in, in, like, due time, which is... It, it's sad, right? Yeah. And I just feel like there's going to be a lot of forgotten bits of, of media that, that people created and, and and at the end of the day that some of that stuff is art, some of that stuff is garbage right? Mm. But it's existence I think, you know, there should be value in archiving it somehow right? Yeah, so this is this is a really interesting thing because um, I mean we talk about history all the time. Ba- back in back in the early days of film um, really what you had to do is you had to to store film like literal strips of film in these canisters yeah and then they would archive them you know and they would store them there would be ones for distribution and then there would be the main um the actual like first print basically it's like what everything was was printed from and Mm -hmm. so then they would send out these these 35 millimeter film canisters to um to different theaters and then you know that's how they would distribute it um was they they physically had to be in film and it was like that um basically up until very very recently um and what we're finding is a lot of old films um have just been lost to time because studios will have fires you know there will be um flooding or you know whatever and these these old films that are um you know physical they're fi- they they exist physically um will just get lost or destroyed yeah and, and it's really really sad and actually film especially older film it wasn't until the the 40s or 50s when this changed um oh no it's still i mean it's still the same but it it's it's a little bit less old film is like extremely fl- flammable mm. because it's silver nitrate yeah so w- w- when you know, let's say there was an accident on set or something and, and things caught fire. Like these film, they were basically just like giant, um, walking, uh, (laughs) like fire starters. You know what I mean? Like they were, they, they were insanely flammable. And so you lost a ton of these, these really, um, you know, or, or a lot of the early films were were just totally lost to time, will never be seen. Um, 
and that's really unfortunate. It's really it's really sad. It just makes you think like how much film was lost for important stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, like I've been watching World War Two in color with my dad on Netflix. Great documentary if you want to learn about it. it. This here's the thing: like people can think history is boring. If you give this documentary a chance, like World War Two is crazy, man. Well, yeah. Like it's it's crazy. People, I don't know. It's just such a normal thing for people to reference now, but it's like, man, go watch that footage. It's it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like I, I I mean apocalyptic. It's it's you gotta remember history, right? But do you think how much of that film was I mean, like that was deemed valuable and kept, but how much film in World War Two was just completely thrown out or destroyed? Can you imagine like blown up film because some of this stuff is like obviously uh, just civilian footage. Yeah. Right. Not th- not all these people are like documentary uh, people who are expecting for this stuff to well, exist. Some in the of future. it was John Ford. So, sure. You know. Sure. I'm not saying that all of, but like there is footage of um, Japanese uh, towns in uh, in this in this one episode about the Pacific conquest of Japan. Right. And this guy, like he's shaking his camera. Like the footage is horrible. But I'm like. Whoever kept this, like, kudos to them. Mm. Because this is so rare and so weird. And, 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 and uh, like, that specific footage, there was some footage of uh, a guy feeding a dog and some children on the street, right? Like, when you think of history as an individual in the 21st century, you think of a different color grade. You think of people talking weird because you've seen a lot of movies. This documentary footage, you sit there and you're like, holy crap, this is the world that I live in, mm. you know? Like, this is, people aren't walking around funny at, at a higher speed, you know? Like, mm, this yeah. guy is just sitting there feeding a dog, you know? And it, and it made it, like, it, it made the documentary come to life, right? And I was like, wow. Like, thank God for this footage, right? Like, it, it's so much more impactful. But just as what you're talking about, like, how much did we lose? You know, how much did we miss out on? Um, some of that footage, I think, at the time when it's filmed... You know, I think people must have said, oh, you know, that's cool. Like, neat footage. How how amazing. But then it's like cameras get better. Okay, disregard it. Forget it. Hmm. Right? I think, you know, the footage we take on our iPhones today, that's going to have value somehow in the future. Well, I don't know. I'm. This is what I'm really concerned about. When everything is digital, everything is a, um, you know, a construction of files you know that are that are condensed in a certain way right and interpolated by a um a computer or a you know whatever else when everything's digital how do you preserve that how, think about not even just world war 2 footage think about the total amount of footage that is n- completely lost nowhere to be found maybe some of it should be nowhere to be found right but 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 you think about how much, um, how many pictures people take on their phones, how many videos people take on their phones, and it's—I mean, I, I can't even imagine how many, how many terabytes, how many you know, so many gigabytes of of data are just lost, lost to time, that will never, never ever be recovered. You know what I mean? That have been written over and written over so many times that are just—they're just gone. 
I think what's sad about the the conversation of archive ship and if that's even a word uh, or like ownership of physical media is that no one cares right now. You know what I mean? No, the, people care. Well, okay. I was gonna bring I was gonna bring one thing up, but keep going. So people, sure, people care. I think people like us care, right? But people that it's like you're not gonna see the benefits of archiving that stuff until like 50 years down the line hmm. when someone looks back and says, wow, thank goodness we have this because it would have been lost. And the stuff that's lost is just forgotten. It's gone forever, you know? I mean, we talk about these movies, oh, these movies are gone forever, but it's like, we don't know what movies they are. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't live back then. No. How are we supposed to know? For instance, right, I'm trying to think, what's a small film you've seen in the last five years that you're like, man, this film nobody's ever going to watch, but I really enjoyed it, Kevin. Just give me an example. You got to think of one. Um, well, back back when it wasn't nominated for Best Picture, it was Whiplash. Okay. Back when it first first came out, it was like nobody's seen this movie. Yeah. You know, it's like a first time director. Like, let's think something that uh, the smaller, smaller than that. Okay. How about this? I saw this movie called. Um, oh, I don't know if this is big, but I watched Lady Bird. Okay. Did you see Lady Bird? Yeah, it's huge. Is it huge? Yeah. Oh, crap. What's another small movie? I need a smaller indie film. A <laughs> smaller indie film. <laughs> Not, I mean, to me, Lady Bird felt like simple, right? Yeah. Um, something that doesn't have as much of, of a cult following. Okay, here's a here's here's a good one. And it's a movie I've referenced before on this podcast. Um, let me look it up here because I don't even know the the name of it. Oh crap! That's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> so there's this movie with Tom Hanks, um, and it's called Joe versus the Volcano. I brought oh, it up yeah, on this show, it up. right? Nobody remembers this 1990 film. Um, it's tiny. It's, I mean, I'm sure someone does, right? But I watched it. I enjoyed it. I don't hear anyone talking about oh, this movie. Mandy, Mandy, and this is a great. This is a great comparison because it really didn't have a theatrical run, and you can only you can't even find it on Netflix. You have to rent it or buy it. Right. So so here's my point. Right. These smaller films. I mean, I'm sure Joe versus the Volcano did fine in the box office. Okay. But it's not like anyone's talking about it. Right. Mm. These smaller films in ten to fifteen to twenty years, like people are going to be so far away from that that no one's going to even think about how we missed out on conserving that. Mm. Right, and so I think like our our calling to responsibility to keep these things alive or real is actually for the benefit of the next generation. Yeah, because who knows what if in a hundred years someone makes Joe versus the volcano without ever seeing the movie? It could happen, right? And people are gonna be like, oh, you know, that was a fine film. I never seen anything like that, and no one's gonna know, right? No one's gonna know. Like, here's here's my thing, Kevin. Let's say you remember Mandy, and let's say you are a director in 20 years, but 60 years from now, what, you're going to be like 82, you decide <laughs> to remake Mandy, okay? Mm-hmm. You remake it, you name it something else, you put a fresh painted coat on it, no one remembered that movie. You mean coat of paint. What? <laughs> you said paint of coat. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, no one's going to remember it, you can just make it again, people will enjoy it. No hmm. one's gonna know. Hmm. You, you, you hear what I'm almost getting at? Um, yeah, but there are. 
I think it works actually a little bit better when it's a foreign movie. There's a lot of foreign movies that are just remade yeah. as, as you know, other movies. And yeah, and those, those are harder too because there's, there are so many foreign movies that just don't come over to, to America because, you know, they don't want to spend the time translating it yeah. or whatever, you know. And so, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely hard. But what I was going to bring up was there is a service now. And it's something that people are are actually doing and actually thinking about. For films that are only digital, right? Where how, you can store it in a lot of places, but there's no there's no guarantee that those are going to be safe, right? You can store it in a server or whatever, but there's no guarantee about it. Um, so what they're doing now in order to archive these films, um, they're uh, taking the digital files and and actually making them film <laughs> like putting them onto celluloid isn't there um, a better way to like apparently DVD? not apparently DVD is no dvds um uh they deteriorate <laughs> you got to be kidding no i'm uh, i'm not it's it takes like 20 25 years they deteriorate wow so all of your dvds that you've had since you were a kid their 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 time is is Chicken, you That's know? crazy. It is crazy. I didn't even think about that. VHSs, they deteriorate. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody knows those little, like... The moths <laughs> that get <Yeah>. inside, <laughs> like, little <laughs> little eggs. Um, Ew, what are you talking about? No, Kenny? you know, you, like, open up an old, old, an old VHS... All right, wrap it up here. VHS tape, and then you're like, ah, there's a moth in here. You know what I mean? It's eating all the... Well, Cameron, we're over trip. 70 minutes, bro. Let's wrap this up. I don't I don't know who would stick with us for this long. So, time. in any case, um, they put these old... Or they, they put these new digital films onto celluloid, and they keep that. And that apparently is the best way to archive it. Because it's it's a phys, it's a physical copy of something digital. Mm. I mean, it's, you've got it... You've got it digitally in a lot of different places, but it's a, it's a physical... It's a physical recreation of what it. What about a thumbstick? Well, those fail all the time. What are you talking oh, about? Oh, all right. Even like the big like tower servers, like they can. What about can solid fail. state drives? Um, well, they have a they have a life cycle. They do. Yeah. Mm. They're they're a little less volatile, but they have a re- write and rewrite cycle. Yeah, you're right. So, you're right. Get it. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up our conversation about uh, streaming. Streaming bad. Physical media, good. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Streaming has its purpose, right? Yes, it does. And um, also sort of talking about ownership and the importance of conservation of media and art. Sure. Yeah. I guess we'll put that in the title. I don't know. Think about that. The the um, the Mona Lisa is never going away. It's been preserved for... I mean, I guess it kind of deteriorates a little bit, but it's been preserved ever since its, its, its conception. Yeah. But but there are films that are just lost. What would we do without the Mona Lisa, dude? What would we do? I don't know. That's the other side of it. My cynical side is like, I I don't know. If Come I on, care it's about important. It's important. The Mona Lisa. Yes. Yes. Why? Yes. It's important. I guess I'm now. I'm just being devil's advocate. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm standing with you. I'd say yes. I'd rather have Mona Lisa around than not. But at the same time, I never understood painting. So. Yeah, but it's important that these that these works of art are are preserved, even if you don't like I it. I paid money you know? to go to this museum and like look at these paintings, and I was like, 
half of this stuff is hideous. <laughs> I'm just like, let's burn half of this. Oh museum. my goodness. How about that? Oh my goodness. All right. Well, I think that's enough for this week. We'll catch you guys later. And thank you for listening to this episode. Everything Comes From Something is currently 100% fan-funded by listeners like you. And we wanted to shout out our executive producers, Darren O'Neill and Eric and Ariel Walk. Thank you guys for supporting the show at the highest level. If you want to support Everything Comes From Something, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash ecfspodcast, where you can give a couple bucks our way and get access to our exclusive monthly podcast that is released at the end of the month on the platform through an RSS feed. If you don't have a few dollars... Again, tell a friend, tell some family about the podcast. That is how a show like this grows, and you can give us a rating on iTunes. We appreciate you guys so much, and we will see you next week.